Hey guys, just a quick announcement before we jump in. Esports Insider is testing some new podcast formats, and this interview is actually the pilot for a new show that we're calling The Industry. All the moving pieces haven't been finalized yet, uh, but we wanted to publish this episode as the contents of the interview are timely. In the future, the production will be cohesive and upscaled, so look forward to new interviews coming soon. That's it. Enjoy the show. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. Welcome to the pilot episode of The Industry, a new esports insider podcast focused on people and personalities in the esports in industry. I'm your host, Kerry Wananen, and we're going to be kicking off this debut episode with a very special guest. I'm joined by Zach Mazoda, Gaming Partnerships Manager at Twitter.com. Now, if you've been following along, with esports, you have found yourself on the bird site. Uh, so much conversation happens around esports, among personalities, among streamers. So much banter is facilitated by the short form um, communication that Twitter allows. And I'm super pleased to be joined today by Zach to learn more about Twitter's role in esports. Um, but Zach, let's first start off with a little introduction about yourself and how you wound up at Twitter. Gary, first off, thanks so much for having me. Uh, yeah, uh, my background, so I'm 32 now. I started going to gaming events when I was 16. Uh, fell in love with uh, tournaments that was back in the Major League Gaming Halo 2 days. Uh, since then, I've worked at Major League Gaming full-time, went to work at Machinima full-time, producing esports content there, um, behind the scenes, uh, docu-series, et cetera. After that, went on to ESL, worked there for about a year. Then I went to work for a uh, live streaming company called Lightstream. And then after that, went to SteelSeries, worked a lot with uh, content creators and esports teams. And then finally ended up at Twitter in June of 2019. So I've been here for a little over two and a half years now. So you seems like you have been in gaming and esports the entire time. Uh, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Have you, I know that you're based in California right now. Have you always, always been based there? No. So I'm actually from Connecticut originally, um, grew up there, went to college in Vermont. And then, um, after that went to work for MLG, uh, in New York city for about eight months. And then I uh, had a job offer to move to Los Angeles in 2012. So it's actually 10 years ago, about this time that I was moving out to Los Angeles to take the job at Machinima. Um, and I've been out here ever since, which is just crazy. I never thought in a million years I'd be living in Los Angeles. Um, yeah. Yeah. Los Angeles is also a big hub for, I mean, not only esports and esports orgs, but also Riot is there and also the entire entertainment industry basically as well. So it also seems, I mean, yeah, it makes sense that there is such a big scene there. Do you ever, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you don't get out too much nowadays, uh, but you ever run into uh, sort of people involved in the scene or like local local tournaments and and the like? Yeah, every so often there'll be a you know a get together, a gathering, and um, you'll end up you'll be like, oh my god, I haven't seen you in so long. I mean, this is really just in the COVID era that we find ourselves in now. Um, but before I guess COVID, yeah, I mean, grabbing lunch with people and um, stopping by team houses and things like that. Um, wish we could get back to a place where that's a little bit more normal. Um, you know, I was getting requests to do lunches this month and as like Omicron has picked up, I'm like, kind of like, I don't know if we should be like meeting and all this kind of stuff, but 
yeah, Los Angeles is certainly the the hub for esports and 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 gaming. Um, so it makes things a lot easier to be out here and just you know uh, be present and be um, near where all the action's happening. Speaking of where the actioning is hap- action is happening, it's happening on Twitter. Absolutely. Uh, can you walk us through a little bit about what makes Twitter gaming different from the other arms and departments of Twitter, and what the real focus on other than obviously gaming of of what the Twitter da- gaming department is trying to facilitate in terms of engagement and conversation on the platform. For sure. Yeah. So I actually sit on the global content partnerships team here at Twitter. Uh, and what that really means is I get to work with esports teams, esports leagues, game developers, publishers, content creators, whether they're Twitch streamers, YouTubers, et cetera, uh, to one, make them better at using Twitter, give them access to new tools, help them out with their account, um, just provide best practices, things like that. And then two, there's also a revenue generation aspect of this where we can actually allow some of our partners to make money on the platform and we work with them to, to do so. Um, so I actually don't work on the at Twitter gaming account that's actually ran by run by a se- separate social team. Uh, they're great, but our, our, our cross our paths cross a lot. Um, and typically, you know, if I'm doing something over here, I can be like, hey, guys, do you want to jump in? And that's why you see a lot of the um, the social coverage uh, happening for esports events and things like that. And so behind the scenes, sort of like the partnership side of things, as you're saying, working together to help people get better at the platform, but also enable them through the new developments with like the super follow and tipping and, and these sort of monetization aspects. Um, I read a, um, an interview recently with your colleague, uh, uh, Rishi Shada, I think it's pronounced. Did I, did I mess that up too bad? Yep. Yeah. Rishi Shada. Yep. Yeah. Rishi Shada. Um, and at DigiDay, um, with, uh, you know, a, a friend of mine, um, Alexander Lee, and he was talking about also enabling these um, creators through new um, engagement tools, but also not only through, you know, uh, enhanced analytics and stuff, but the monetization and really letting um, these different pillars, at least that he was concerned of um, gaming and esports really benefit from Twitter in ways that they hadn't been able to do this before. So I was wondering um, if you could talk a little bit about how those have developed internally from your time and um, potentially what what sort of successes that you and the team have seen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so super follows and tipping is certainly, they're certainly newer, um, but I'll backtrack and go to Amplify Pre-Roll. Uh, Amplify Pre-Roll is our programmatic video monetization um, tool, which is a, a, a it's a mouthful there, but basically what that is, is that allows me to post a video on Twitter and then click a checkbox uh, and say, do I want to monetize this video? Click yes. And then you post it to Twitter and we automatically attach pre-roll to that video. Uh, and then the person makes money. Um, so that when I started, I think there was only 100, 150 partners in the program. And now it's up to probably about 250 or so. Uh, so we're growing that rapidly. And um yeah, partners are earning more and more money. Um, and so that that one is certainly a staple for us and we're trying to get more partners in it. There's also a, um, we're also really focusing on diversity there. About 40% of the folks in that program uh, are from underrepresented communities and we're trying to grow that even more. Uh, and then, yeah, as you mentioned, super follows and tipping, that's a huge, huge growth area for us. And we're going to continue to put more effort and emphasis in that in this year. Yeah, uh, 
video is so such a strong component of esports content, especially and as especially with orgs, you know, sort of being their own media companies, being able to put out high quality video super consistently. Uh, I can really see that that this the pre roll uh, service that you guys offer uh, really standing a lot of benefit. If you're able to put out more content, you're able to monetize it better. Um, yeah, it's a win win for everybody. Plus all the natural engagement that happens with Twitter and sharing and, and all of these things. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it's sort of aptly named there amplify of, uh, of really, you know, if you're going to put content out there, let's do the most that we can. Right. Exactly. You know, people are already doing this. People are already posting this video content, you know, why not make some money off of it? Yeah. So, in terms of how you work with with partners, right? I'm sure that there's there's multiple people in your department that have a similar uh, role as you in terms of facilitating these sort of things. Um, what is the biggest area, I guess, of of opportunity and growth that um, that you guys are really working towards this year and the next? For sure. Uh... Obviously, revenue is, is certainly a focus for us. So our Amplify pre-roll program, as well as we also have another program called Amplify Sponsorships. Uh, so we actually have partnerships with you know Riot Games and Activision Blizzard, et cetera, that allows us to actually package their content. As an example, you know, uh, for Activision Blizzard, we can package the best highlight clips from the CDL and go out and find an advertiser uh, and then pair that advertiser with the, those uh, highlight clips. So like that's a focus for us for sure. And then yeah, growing the Amplify pre-roll program in addition to that, um, product adoption. So as you mentioned earlier, um, getting more of our partners involved in super followers uh, as well as tipping, as well as communities. Communities came out in Q3, Q4 of last year. Um, and that's that'll be a large focus for us this year. And then yeah, uh, who knows what other products will be coming down the pipeline soon, but Product adoption for us is always really important. Spaces too. I'd be remiss not to mention spaces. Um, getting more of a partner, our partners to do more spaces, things like that. Yeah, spaces has been an interesting one. Um, I found myself in a few of them. I mean, being over here in, in Amsterdam in the European time zone uh, hasn't really caught on with at least the people that I've followed as much as I've really seen it uh, later at night when I'm scrolling through Twitter in like the North American time zone. It seems to be has caught on with the people that I follow much, much more. Um, and I think it's also a really interesting, uh, I think the integration of spaces while being able to also, you know, live tweet it and, uh, you know, contribute to the conversation and help bring people in there is a really, really engaging and interesting, interesting way that implements a lot of things that, you know, Clubhouse or these other um sort of non-text-based or having sort of a less of a visual element really um, just they don't have the benefit that Twitter has there. So in, in have you guys seen a like a, a large growth or not even growth, but just adaption in Twitter spaces with gaming and esports communities? I think we're definitely seeing more and more adoption of the product as people become more familiar with it as it's been out in the wild for a little over a year now. Um, I know some of our partners off the top of my head that use it are, you know, IGN uses it pretty, pretty regularly. Jeff Keighley uses it pretty regularly. Um, you'll have uh, some of the commentators from the Call of Duty League actually host 
uh, spaces before certain matches or weekends. Um, so I think it's definitely picking up. And I think, um, you know, we put out the ability for you to record a space um, that came out in the past month or so. So I think that was really important. Um, so, you know, if you miss a space, you can always catch it after, um, which, you know, was always kind of a bummer when you missed a space, and then you went to go listen to it and you could just never listen to it. Um, so I think that was pretty important too. Yeah. And that also sort of, you know, comes back to, you know, the, the, the first novel appeal of, of, you know, the social audio aspect was that you had to be there and that when it was gone, it was, it was gone. And so that sort of definitely added a bit to the stickiness of it. But then at the same time, it really was just having you be on your phone all the time to try to catch as much. And of course, yeah, lots of different fresh content and stuff. And in a way, um, I sometimes before at the beginning, um, you know, treated it a bit like having just having the radio on, just, you know, finding things and just having it on or whatever. But then, like all things, you know, uh, got a little bit of burnt out of that. And also the discovery aspect was not so good. So it's integration in Twitter there. If you're if you're already finding people or following people to to get their their insight or their, you know, their their thoughts on, on matters and get updates from them, then it all, it follows that you would be interested in a space that they would be participating in. Right. Um, so recently, just, just this week, actually, um, the Twitter gaming report of 2021 of this past year just came out. And, uh, I want to take some time to chat a little bit about that because it's pretty interesting. And, um, I'd first just like to hear from your side. I'm, I don't know how much you and, and the members of your team really worked on this. Um, but yeah, I just really like if you could introduce this report a little bit for us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rishi and I are in the weeds with this. So yep, what you're seeing there is this, uh, what we've dug up and uh, the images that you're seeing there are something I created, uh, as well as uh, one of our newer hires, Francisco. He's awesome. Um, but anyways, uh, yes, this is a report we do every year uh, in the beginning of January. Uh, this is our 2021 version. Uh, total, total gaming tweets are up uh, 14% year over year uh, with over 2.4 billion. Honestly, looking at 2020, we had over 2 billion or so then. I was like, how are we going to top that? Um, just because there was like a really big growth last year, I think in part due to COVID, and then also you had the the new gaming consoles, like the Xbox Series X and the PS5. And I was like, going into 2021, I was like, how are we going to top this? But lo and behold, we did 14% up year over year. And yeah, aside from that, there are uh, a ton of different stats in here, like the most tweeted about game, most tweeted about esports team, player, et cetera, et cetera. Was there anything that really surprised you in this report this year besides the growth that you weren't expecting? Yeah, I mean, going into it, I think Genshin Impact taking number one for the most tweeted about game. Um, I think obviously the game is very popular in Japan, but it also is really popular in North America too. Um, that dethroned Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing was our number one most tweeted about game last year. And now I think Animal Crossing was number five or six, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that was surprising. Um, do you want to just jump into like some of like the themes that, that I noticed into the, into the report or, or yeah, what do you want to do? Yeah. I mean, so uh, for those that haven't read the report, I'll just quickly run through just the, the top um, the top games really quick and we can sort of uh, pick and choose which ones we want to talk about. But 
Uh, for instance, the number one most tweeted about game was Genshin Impact. Number two, Apex Legends, which is obviously an esports title. Um, number three, Ensemble Stars, which I think is Japanese. I haven't heard about that, and I can't say that I would recognize a tweet about that, but maybe I'm just not in that the right community for that. Um, Final Fantasy was number four. Number five, Fate slash Grand Order, another title I haven't heard about at all. I guess I'm out of the loop. <laughs> Uh, number six was Animal Crossing New Horizons. Um, the Darling shifted down to six. Uh, seven, Knives Out, also in a mobile esports title. Number eight, Minecraft, um, just continues to be popular. Minecraft, yep. I think, will never, ever go away. So that, that and Grand Theft Auto, you like, can't kill those titles. They just no, keep coming no. back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number nine is Project Sekai, uh, another title I haven't heard about. And then also surprising to me, number 10, Fortnite. Only, I mean, not surprising that people are talking about it, but that people are talking about it so, so much still that it, it rounded out number 10. So I just have a quick question about these. When you when you were going through to populate this list, how did you go about, I mean, I'm sure that you guys have such an insane backend analytics and you're able to search and find things in in more nuanced ways than your average user could. But I'm curious just to know about how did you how did you get them? Like like was it searching these titles with all these you know keeping in mind maybe misspellings, searching hashtags, tags, all these things? It must have been such a large amount of work to uh, to populate this list. Yeah, absolutely. We have an internal tool that basically tracks all this for us. Um, so we have all these different domains, uh, whether they are games, esports teams, esports leagues, etc. You click into it, and it'll actually tell you the ranking of all these uh, different teams or, or these different uh, entities and, and, and domains. Um, so when we create these entities, we can actually go in and say anytime that someone uses this hashtag or uses this word. Uh, or uh, is spelled like this, it'll get attributed to, to towards this entity. Uh, so that's how we track all these different things. Cool. And I so then the on the next on the list is the most tweeted about esports athletes, um, which also some of these are also surprising and makes makes me feel also out of the loop with some of these. But yeah, I mean, while esports is still a niche within gaming, um, it does have really dedicated and really engaged fans. So that's, um, yeah, there are different corners that maybe don't cross so much, but um, yeah, super, super interesting, I think here. And so number one, we have Mongrel, Mongrel, which I, um, if I'm not mistaken, is from the UK. Number two, we have Booga, which is, you know, the most famous Fortnite player. Um, yeah, a bit surprising, but probably has a super engaged fan base as well. Benji Fish, Fishy is number three. Scump from Call of Duty. Um, number four, Reckless from League of Legends, obviously. Number five, No Brew at number six. Fallen uh, from Counter-Strike, number seven. Mixwell and 10Z. And then Simple rounding out number 10. So definitely some big names, but... Definitely a few of these that I um, didn't recognize. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, um, yeah, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, I think for for this one, the top three are all Fortnite players, right? Which, which is pretty crazy, as so many people always. Well, not 
so many people on the platform will respond to the Fortnite game account and say dead game, dead game, dead game. But like, it's very clear that the game is not dead as the game also appeared at number 10 um, in our most tweeted about games. Right. Uh, I think it also showcases how these pro esports players are actually, they're creating content and it, how important it is to create content in addition to participating in esports uh, events. Um, in addition to that, I think you also have, um, simple on there he won the his first major this year which is awesome but he's also he's also on twitch every so often which one showcases the uh the importance of streaming um skump is also on there as you mentioned uh he also is a streamer and, and content creator um so i think you're we see kind of like a, a a relation to content creation um and how popular a certain esports player is right and also i think the ability to make the best use out of their Twitter account. Also, I mean, I think so many pros, probably a vast majority of them have a Twitter account, but maybe don't really know so well how to use it or uh, how to best use it, or maybe, you know, they need a manager, maybe it doesn't fit into their schedule or whatever. So I think that also, you know, that probably falls into the, like your realm of, 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 of work right is is helping educate people on how to better use the platform and how to get better returns for their efforts on the platform right absolutely yeah working with um either team managers or players directly um educating them on you know how to use twitter when when to use it uh, how to use it effectively things like that um definitely a big focus for us um also wanted to call out two other things on the um the top most tweeted about esports e player players uh both fallen and nobru fallen of course is the um player for team liquid now uh and he's also brazilian same thing with um nobru uh he is a free fire player and also i think the owner of an esports team um also based in brazil so just goes to show you the power of brazil too yeah going continuing with the power of brazil the number one most tweeted esports team was loud and i mean loud is you know a very powerful uh esports entity overall globally in the world but definitely in um in brazil and a lot of those tweets are gonna be in portuguese uh and not in english so that also shows a massive enormous corner of twitter that your you know like english speaking or english native um speaking corner of twitter is is not involved in generally uh, besides maybe likes and retweets or whatever. So that also is, I mean, just really shows that do not sleep on Brazil really, because if, if you're not paying attention, they are topping the charts left and right. Um, just quickly running through um, the most tweet, tweeted about esports teams. Uh, many of these aren't a surprise um, probably to those keeping score, but we have number two coming in at phase clan uh, number three, pain gaming. Number four, G2. Number five, Fnatic. Number six, Furia Esports. Seven, 100 Thieves. Eight, Team Detonation. Nine, T1. And number 10, Team Liquid. Um, anything surprising here in this, in this list for you, Zach? I think I'm just going to echo what you just said. Don't sleep on Brazil as uh, Loud, Fury, and Pain. Of course, they're all Brazilian teams. Uh, Loud also, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit, but Loud uh, is the team with the most followers gained in 2021. And they are also the number five for um, most video views in 2021. There, it's no doubt about it that that Brazil is is 
a huge powerhouse and they're here to stay for sure. Yeah. Their fans are also, uh, super engaged, super vocal and really, really, really passionate about esports and, and the teams that they support. Um, yeah, what we'll skip down the list a little bit and what is, I mean, not necessarily surprising, but I think the order of, of, how these stacked up in terms of countries tweeting the most about gaming uh, is a bit surprising. Number one being Japan. Uh, I mean, Japan is is a is a big deal in a lot of things, but size wise and population wise uh, is much smaller than the U.S., which comes in at number two. Um, that was pretty surprising to me. And then, I mean, Asia just has a strong representation here with number three being South Korea, number four, Thailand, number five, Brazil, number six, the Philippines, seven, Indonesia, number eight, also punching above their weight, I think a little bit, being the United Kingdom, number nine, France, and number 10, India. Uh, was there anything that, so, yeah, any anecdotes or any anything that you want to you wanna share about about this list? Yeah, absolutely. For for Japan, um, there's no doubt about that. Japan certainly dictates a lot of our most tweeted about games list. Um, as you see, I think there was five or six games on there that are all Japanese titles or Asian titles. Um, so with that said, though, I think you have to think about the tweeting habits of these uh, people in Japan. Um, a lot of these folks actually have multiple accounts and they're a lot more liberal with how they tweet. Um, their retweets and just the amount they're engaging with, um, they're tweeting just a lot more. So uh, while yes, it's a smaller population, these folks are actually just tweeting a lot. Yeah, and it also must be said that um, Twitter in China is banned, so China China doesn't have um, a representation outside of people using a VPN, which would also place them outside of China. So they're yeah, that's a. Uh, nothing we can really account for there, right? China just cannot really be accounted for on Twitter, but I'm sure that they would um, be up there as well because, you know, especially in, in esports, China is uh, cleaning up in quite a lot of titles, but uh, yeah, we can't, you know, we can't measure what we don't know. So um, yeah, sorry that they're not uh, included in this conversation, but most weird about gaming events, E3 really surprised me. I was super surprised about that, but I think it also uh, it makes sense because people couldn't go. <laughs> so you sort of had to tweet about it in a way. Um, number two, coming in at the Game Awards. And number three being Xbox, the Xbox Game Showcase, uh, Games Bomb 2021. And then uh, rounding out the list being Summer Games Fest um, 2021 as well. Um, yeah, anything that you wanted to share about this one other than the fact that a lot of these people couldn't uh, physically attend? Yeah, I think for E3, E3 is typically our most tweeted about gaming event of the year, um, just because so many different walks of life are engaged and, and really focused on this event and like hyped up for it. I think in the instance of last year, right, there was um, just a lot of anticipation for new games. And like there also wasn't E3 was skipped on 2020. So last year was like kind of a redemption year. And I think a lot of eyes were on E3 to see what they could do. Um, and there's no doubt about it that people always get hyped about, uh, E3 and what, what comes with E3. Yeah. And I think, I think that this list will be also pretty interesting this next year as well, uh, in terms of, you know, E3 basically 
they got to figure something out uh, with what they're going to do. And, you know, I think having yet another year of not being able to really give an E3 um, might no longer be viable. Um, I mean, the Game Awards, I think, will continue in Xbox. I mean, I think, yeah, it also really depends on the the like the nature of what the event is about, right? E3 is before it was really a um, industry only, you know, showcase. And then, you know, a few years ago, five, 10 years ago, they opened it up to the public and it became this big, 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 big thing. And they're, you know, really pushed the conversation for months leading up and months afterwards. But yeah, when, when you don't have the same appeal just because of how the world is right now, it's hard to demand the same attention as well. So I think that this will be an interesting, interesting list um, definitely um, next year. But also, uh, I think you guys put out a sort of a six-month report also, right? Like yep. a summer so half year. We'll, we'll look to put out another report probably for like early July that will sum up, you know, how the first uh, six months of the year have went. Yeah. I mean, sort of building off that point, do you think, do you have any experience in that people may be seeing the, the half one report and sort of wanting, you know, thinking, okay, we gotta, we gotta make some, make some moves here. And we, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to really push those numbers. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. When I meet with um, our esports partners like phase and, and, and so forth, you know, they knew they were behind uh, with loud. So who knows if that kind of dictates their strategy and they try to get more mentions and things like that. But there's no doubt about it that these these organizations uh, are aware uh, of this report. Uh, and I don't know for certain if they're doing certain things to try and get more engagement, but um, I would presume so. Yeah, I mean, the numbers are there. Like, you can't ignore them at that point. Um Talking about the the most tweeted about gaming creators, I think, I mean, the only one that I recognize here is Dream, which to me just shows how much bigger the overall gaming creator space is than esports, where I recognize most of the esports athletes. But in terms of gaming, gaming is just so much, so like the scale is just massive in comparison because there's so many different titles, so many different um, genres as well that just aren't fit into esports. So I think that, I mean, I don't know if you, oh, I guess I recognize Corpse Husband as well, but, um, yeah, I, I, I don't have much to contribute yeah, to this one because I just feel out of the loop. No, you're good. So, some high level thoughts on this one. Uh, the dream team as they're called is a, is kind of a Minecraft collective of George not found Sapnap. Um, dream. I think Bad Boy Halo is maybe number four, like an unofficial member. So for all of them to be featured, that just kind of showcases the power of Minecraft. Um, the first person is, uh, hopefully I don't butcher their names, Colin or Colin. Uh, they're a virtual YouTuber based in Japan. Um, Felipe Neto is another Brazilian creator. Um, so once again, more, more power to Brazil. Uh, Ibai uh, is actually, he was on our list last year. I think he might have been number one. I can't remember, um, but he's he's no stranger no stranger to these lists, um, and he's also just had a huge year, and he's very popular in Spain. Um, and I think yeah, that's those are my thoughts on on that list. It would be interesting to sort of um, pick apart the numbers a little bit between followers between the the top esports athletes and the top creators, because I mean creators. Um, by definition of their job is, you know, they're creating content and they're probably growing at 
you know, astronomical rates as compared to esports athletes that also they have to train and they have to compete. And so they just don't have the same um, workload and the, the sort of product of their work is not always contributing to their growth in this sense. Obviously, you know, they are featured on big streams uh, for competitions and stuff. And then I'm sure that that also helps out in, in a lot of different ways, but yeah, it's, I think comparing the two is a bit apples to oranges because they're very, very different, but just, you know, having the same or utilizing the same core sort of resource of games, gaming as well. Um, that sort of puts them in the same bucket there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have much more to add, add to that one. Uh, I think, you know, to your point though, content creation is always going to propel, I think, growth. Um, and as we were talking about earlier for those, those esports athletes that were mentioned, a lot of them are creating content. Um, so similarly, you're going to see a lot more growth with these creators and a lot more followers. Yeah. And like going down the list also to top gaming creators by most video views. Um, you know, we have Ebuy there as well. He tops off that list. Uh, Godaga from France uh, at number two. And then we have Tim the Tapman, very, very popular in the US. And now um, he's a co-owner of Complexity. I think you're right. Yeah. I think yep. I... I should put money on that because I should be right. I shouldn't be wrong about that one. Uh, and then Scump, our boy Scump, you know, he's really prolific content creator and esports athlete all around. Uh, the kid is killing it. And then number five, Dr. Disrespect, um, who is, you know, I think as esports adjacent as they come, I think he, he doesn't have any stakes as far as I know in, in the esports ecosystem other than he streams with a lot of popular esports athletes and team owners and and this and this you know a, a top level content creator by any measure um and also creates phenomenal content as well um so yeah i would say i mean other than ebuy which i unfortunately don't don't know too much about have to give that guy a follow to check it out um and also um from france Godega probably also um creating content in french as well so that also is a different different aspect of things um but yeah i mean as we know video is so powerful in content creation especially but also with gaming that's the that's what people want i think um yeah ebay had a had a big year last year i think he was even interviewing like lionel messi you know for a gamer to be interviewing lionel messi like that's kind of crazy um gotaga is another one where he used to be a former uh pro call of duty player and then switch to um, content creation. Um, so he's been around for some time now. And then, yeah, Tim and Scump are always going to be up there as well as um, as well as Doc. Uh, very eager to see what happens with um, Dr. Disrespect's new game studio that was announced uh, in, I think it was December of last year. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I don't know if you, so it's um, Midnight Society is like the new company. No, right? I think it is Midnight Society. I, th I believe you're right. And the handle is 12 a.m. because I helped yeah, them 12 on yeah. Twitter. I, um, I just joined their Discord server. Um, yeah, Midnight Society. And it's because they tweeted. So they're doing a sort of like uh, actual reality uh, game based in ARG. So it's, yeah, they've, they're utilizing their Discord server in a really interesting way of releasing little bits of interactive content in a sort of old school text-based RPG where they have, you know, they have a bot in their discord server that you DM and then it tells you what's going on and then you have to respond or whatever. It's pretty, pretty fun. And uh, 
yeah, a lot of like hints and stuff or updates are given through their Twitter. So they're using like sort of the Twitter to attract their audience. And then within the, the Discord server, they're, um, you know, that's where all the sort of action is happening internally and stuff. So it's a, a really clever use, I think, of, of the social media um, and then the like internal sort of community as well. And so, yeah, I, I'm curious if, if you have seen other like, like um, gaming creators or orgs or companies or publishers using Twitter in such a, a other interesting ways and engaging way. For sure. Uh, yeah, we've, we've worked with, um, or I, I work with like Epic and Riot on some, um, what we call like innovative content experiences. Um, so one example uh, was something we did with um, Epic and Fortnite for their, their last chapter launch. Um, where the actual, the whole island flipped over. Um, and we wanted to do something to kind of replicate that on, on, on platform. Um, so we work with a, a third-party vendor and devise a system where you could use a hashtag. And uh, the program would look at your avatar, identify if it was brand safe, and then flip it over for you and send it back to you so that you could actually um, change your avatar to replicate the island flipping. Um, we've done some other stuff too, where you could actually, um, rep the, rep your favorite team from an esports organization and put it, uh, in your Twitter banner. Um, so for instance, we did something with the Valorant champions tour last year, uh, where you could, um, choose the team that was participating in the event, use the hashtag, and then, uh, respond back to the handle. We, they would gen automatically generate an image with you. Um, send it back to you, and then you could put your your update your banner. Um, so that's I think kind of the beauty of Twitter is there's there's a lot of flexibility in some of the stuff we can do, um, which is really cool. It's I think that's super cool. I mean, it's like with using Twitter's API and also with these other partners, people can really be creative in the tools that Twitter um, uses. I mean, not only for engagement but also to create compelling content that you know, is native to the platform and, um, you know, really speaks as you were just sort of like talking about making it brand safe so that bigger organizations don't have to be just, you know, chasing memes or whatever, that they can really work on work together with Twitter to make these unique experiences. Super cool. Definitely. And that's kind of just the tip of the iceberg too. We've also done stuff with DM experiences where, um, for instance, the Overwatch League, you could slide in their DMs and you could choose who you thought was going to win the tournament. And then it would generate a bracket for you that you could share out and um, get people talking about, you know, who you thought was going to win and, and so forth. Yeah. So um, at the end of this list, um, I'm just going to go through these really quick because we're, we're running out of time. And I want to ask you a few more, uh, pick your brain a little bit more. But so the the end of the list we're rounding out, we're talking about... Um, the most tweeted about esports leagues, which is also um, uh, interesting. So the the CBL should be no surprise uh, is uh, the most tweeted about, and that's the the Brazilian League of Legends um, uh, professional top tier league. And then we have the Call of Duty League, which I was surprised about, but I definitely see a lot of Call of Duty League discourse on Twitter. That definitely is the case. Then number three, Valorant. Valorant had a really great year uh, over in all aspects uh, last year. Uh, then we have Overwatch League and then the LCS. So three of these, this, the Call of Duty League, Overwatch League, and LCS, while they're not 
specific, but they are pretty focused on the North American audience there. Of course, the Call of Duty League has has some others outside of that. I, I'm pretty sure. I de- definitely the Overwatch League has some Chinese teams and and um, France and the UK as well. And then Valorant Esports hasn't divided into regions yet, at least in terms of their accounts. So that's that was all of of Valorant Esports there. Um, but yeah, I mean, so we have Brazil and then North America and then obviously, um, you know, with the exceptions there and then the global Valorant um, esports. Um, and then, yeah, did you have any anything uh, interesting there to add? Yeah, I mean, just the common theme, right? Brazil leading the charge. Uh, and then Call of Duty League, as you mentioned, the Call of Duty League lives on Twitter. Uh, all the players are always on Twitter. They're tweeting all the time. That community is so engaged and leaned in. Um, I think they're they're one of the communities I point to when I when I talk about you know the most engaged esports communities for sure. Uh, Valorant Esports, as you, as you mentioned, that is the global handle. They do have like their NA and EU handles, um, but that is the global handle that you know typically runs the major events through and, and things like that. Overwatch League still in the top five. That's great to see. Um, we'll be interesting to see what happens in uh, 2022, and then yeah, rounding it out the North American uh, LCS, which is cool. Yeah, and um, so then we have the the most videos played. I'm going to – I mean, so we have – real quick, we'll just go through that. The LOL Esports, their their main account. Then Valorant Esports, so Riot putting up numbers. Um, the Call of Duty League, number three, I mean, makes sense as well. And then the um, ESL Counter-Strike as well. I mean, they're, like I think, one of the biggest operators of Counter-Strike. And so I, I think – it's interesting because in a way this isn't necessarily reflective of potentially the most popular, but it is the most popular on Twitter. Right. So that's um, a distinction to be made. And then rounding out the bottom of the list there, we have the, the league of legends championship series. So that's the North American um, championship series. So we have league of legends on there twice. We have the overall, the, the global, LOL esports and then the LCS um, picking up at at number five there, um, and then real quick we'll just combine these two. Uh, then the the top esports leagues by followers gained. Blown away that the Fortnite competitive series is number one, um, and then we have Valorant number two. As we said, Valorant had a great great year uh, and got a lot of attention and a lot of it's well very well deserved. LOL esports coming in at number three. Curiously enough, the LEC um, it makes the list as most followers gained. And then Valorant Esports NA. So we have Riot, uh, well, we have Epic leading the way, and then Riot cleaning up the rest of their chart. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, goes back to our earlier point with um, Fortnite still very much, still very much alive and, and, and kicking, as well as, yeah, Riot had a massive year with four out of the five leagues uh, featured here. Um, and I don't see any signs of slowing down as we're in 2022. And sounds like they're going to be gearing up for even more leagues and stuff um, soon. I mean, really, really curious to see how how Riot develops the 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 Valorant regional leagues and how that develops as well. And then also um, giving more attention and developing and bringing together all the different regional leagues for league together. And then if we actually see um, their... Uh, fabled fighting game come out this year i'm not expecting it to but it very well could be i think that could also um show tons and tons and tons of growth as well um, yeah they commented on it they did like a little little highlight on it and then uh they didn't really give us a, a release date but we'll see 
Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I mean, that's I mean, such a great use of social media also to tease, you know, to, to put something out there and let people know that you should be keeping your eyes peeled for, for um, more, more news. Uh, I was just curious, just to round out this, our conversation, Zach, what was, what were, did you have any standout moments in 2021? Uh, in personally yourself, but also moments on Twitter as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's, there's a bunch of stuff that stuck out. Um, me personally, I'm a huge Halo fan. So having Halo Infinite launch, I was super stoked to see that finally see the light of day. I thought it was an absolute masterclass in how they launched it as well. Every week, it seemed like they had new content leading up to the the launch. Um, I would I would uh, urge anyone to go look at how they launched that game for for a masterclass at launching games. Uh, on Twitter, I think um, there were some really fun stunts um, when you look at like Hundred Thieves and when their intern JHB took over the account, or you had uh, Hashro and Nate Shot or Hundred Thieves going at it in the beginning of the year. Um, never forget when Myth uh, threw controller players under the bus and that ignited a war one day. Um, you know, from uh, for like general gaming stuff, I think um, Xbox acquiring Bethesda. I think Sony acquired something like five studios last year, which is just mind boggling. Um, and, you know, as we talked a little bit about it earlier, it was just cool to see E3 coming back in a, in a big way last year. Yeah. Also, I think um, with with Sony acquiring uh, Evo also was a big uh, standout moment yep. for me as well, that that was like really big news and really interesting. And then also, of course, uh, I mean, it was later re- like revealed, maybe if you're super sleuth that you... Um, you saw it before it was sort of announced, but that Pokimane's um, RTS was also involved in the acquisition in, in Evo. So she's involved with, with running an, an esports tournament. Uh, now one of the, I mean, I would say arguably the biggest uh, fighting game community esports uh, tournament around. So that I think was, was a pretty big announcement as well. And yeah, I think sort of what you were saying of just, the power of Twitter of just, you know, a tweet to launch a thousand shifts, ships, you know, like, uh, yeah, super fun. Uh, and also, yeah, the, the banner on Twitter is always, you know, it's top notch really. I think you can have a conversation and a discourse on Twitter in a very unique way that on other social media platforms, um, just don't lend themselves to the same. So I think Twitter is super important and super popular with the gaming community and esports community for good reason. And I really, I honestly couldn't imagine uh, the community and the industry without Twitter of having a place. I mean, I also personally, I see a lot of people take to Twitter to complain about, you know, stuff they wouldn't necessarily complain about on LinkedIn, you know, professionals that I follow that, you know, Twitter is the place that this is, uh, this is definitely, um, sort of what it's here for, you know, of being candid and open and sharing your thoughts, whereas other social media platforms are, you know, have different purposes as well. So I just wanted to ask really quick, Zach, if you had any, any final thoughts or uh, any predictions where you think 2022 is going to, going to end up. For sure. Uh, just some high level thoughts. I'd say similar to what we were talking about with doc studio and 12 a.m., I think there has definitely been a, a a shift where AAA developers are actually leaving these bigger companies and 
raising capital and starting their own studios. Um, so we might start to see new games coming out of these smaller studios, which, which, which would be cool. In addition to that, I think like I'd be remiss not to mention anything in regards to crypto. I feel like every day we're seeing some argument about NFTs and this, that, and the other thing. I don't know where it's going to boil over. I don't know if anything will, will come of it. Um, but uh, I, I have a feeling we're going to keep seeing more arguments about NFTs and crypto in the gaming space um, in the near future and beyond uh, until someone has really figured it out and showcases, hey, this actually makes a lot of sense for, for it to be here. Um, so I think like those two things I would say are, are themes as we head into 2022. Yeah. And I mean, also, it helps that the crypto community also loves Twitter. So they're always there to uh, gas one another yep. up. And then also the... You know the 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 crypto critics are also always there to um, you know throw throw trending tweets under the bus or subtweet or all of these things. So I think the community share a lot of of sort of competencies in using the platform. I would say for for discussion and also like best utilizing the tools that are available. Um, but I agree. I think. Until we see the ship crash and burn, or actually make it to the moon, uh, it's not—it's uh, not going to leave us alone. I think crypto is creeping into everything and really has shown a really strong presence in in gaming and esports, not only in partnerships but also with the developments with blockchain gaming and play to earn or play and earn or all these other different different models that everyone is sort of in, in um, like really promoting or really looking down upon. I'm with you 100%. But hey, Zach, you're on Twitter. Where can people find you on Twitter? Of course. Yeah, my username is uh, ZCHMZ. Uh, five letters, sort of my name, not really. But uh, yeah, ZCHMZ. Yeah, easy to find you there. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the debut episode of The Industry. It was an absolute pleasure to have you. And um, I look forward to to catching up on Twitter and uh, yeah, having you on the show again some other time. Would, would absolutely love to. Thank you so much for having me for this first episode and uh, looking forward to it.